Worth repeating is made possible by the 8020 Foundation, City of San Antonio Department of Arts and Culture, and Niche at Pearl. Welcome to the Worth Repeating Podcast. I'm Tori Poole. The stories in this episode were recorded live from the Edema and Emilio Nicolás Media Center at Texas Public Radio in downtown San Antonio. This is the second part of the live storytelling event, Spectre. Stories about ghosts, or the supernatural, and other things that haunt. Have you ever been haunted? Our next storyteller is Natalie Duran. Natalie shares a story about the true worth of a dime. In September 2020, my friend Christopher passed away in New Orleans, Louisiana. Chris was magnetic, he was hilarious, and he is one of the most dynamic humans I'd ever known. It was a tremendous loss to so many people, and I mean like so many people, like a crew of Canadian online gamers that he befriended, Cyclists, the ones who wear like the tight suits that go like the zippy suits and the shoes that go like clackety clack clack clack. Stoners, cross punks, emo kids, many best friends, his family, and his long term partner. Chris moved to Louisiana in 2019 and he immersed himself in the city. He loved the culture, he loved the food, he loved dressing to the nines and all of those like costumes, he loved the glitter. His memorial celebration was a San Antonio Mardi Gras with a brass band. Now, the truest phenomenon in my life is that I always find dimes. And I had been finding dimes for years, and I found them so frequently that it didn't feel like a coincidence. And I decided to look it up. I was like, does this mean something? What does this mean? So in my search, I learned that many other people had similar experiences of finding coins. And the belief is that something from the other side is trying to connect with you. Now, I'm not religious. I'm not even particularly spiritual. I was raised Catholic, uh, but I was never baptized. So all that shit is kind of complicated for me. (laughs) Um, And so I still kind of was curious and After Christopher passed, I found an abundance of dimes. They were kind of everywhere. And I I think I wanted to believe that what I had found was was real, but I was still skeptical. So I decided to ask a friend who is an artist and is spiritual and has a relationship with the occult. I was like, hey, (laughs) do you believe in ghosts? And she's like, fuck yeah. I fuck with ghosts. And so I tell her. I tell her about the dimes, and I tell her about what people think think it means. And so she tells me that dimes or coins is something that, like, spirits kind of, like, fuck around with because it's an easy medium for them to use. And I was like, cool. (laughs) When Christopher passed away, I found an abundance of dimes. And I was, you know... I wanted to believe it. But then as the pandemic went on, 
there was like a national coin shortage and then the dimes started to come less. You know, they were coming to me less and then I was like, man, this, this sucks. <laughs> but then after I found a dime again, I decided that I was gonna leave it in the place where I found it because to me, I felt like if I found it there, I'm gonna leave it there because if it doesn't come back, I'm gonna go back to it and I'm gonna remember that it was there. And it happened to me. So as they started coming back to me, they were like scattered everywhere in my apartment. Um, yeah. So some time had passed and I bequeathed some records from Chris's personal record collection from his sister. I remember feeling really guilty about having the privilege to keep, to keep these records. And also these records were like, Awesome. Like, my friend wanted all the best things, right? He, like, he had to have the best cycling gear. He had to have the best weed. You know, he had to have, like, king of the lobster from the Papado tank. Like, <laughs> he wanted all the best shit. So I, I decided to, like, play the record because even though I felt that guilt, I also felt like they needed to be played. So I was playing the record one day and there's like this crystal vinyl. It has like this like soft center in the middle. It happened to be the record from my favorite El Paso, Texas band called At The Drive-In. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna play this record. So I decided to play rec the record. And then as I'm playing the record, the song Napoleon solo starts playing. And then the lyrics start to creep in and then they're like, the beaded impotence of New Orleans. That hint of suspense when that telephone rings. This is forever. And then he's like, from this Texas breath exhale, no sign of relief. This you'd know, this you'd know, this is forever. Dun, 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 dun. This is forever. And then he's like, and you can't take the best of us now. It's cause this is forever. And something about the song just like, it like, it get, it's so triumphant, right? And it like builds and it gets heavy. And I, I get up from my seat and I like go to the record player and I play it again. And then I play it again. And I play it again and again until I'm like half crying, half shaking my fist. This is forever, right? <laughs> this is forever. I'm like shaking my fist and I'm like, and then there's like, also I'm like half, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> there's like this shift in the energy, right? There's like a navigator. It becomes this like, this like internal dialogue that's not mine anymore, right? And it's like also, navigating me to all of the coins, the dimes I had left scattered around my apartment. So I'm there picking up all those dimes, singing and crying. <laughs> so then I start talking out loud and I'm like, I start to like talk about to wherever it's like directing me to go. And I'm like, all right, you want me to smoke that joint? Hell yeah, you want, you want me to get stoned. That is so on brand, man. So, so I get high, right? And I'm like a little freaked out. I have all these dimes in my hands. I'm like, what the fuck? 
But then I remembered that there was a coin at back in the laundry shed. So I go back outside and I pick up the last dime. And I go outside and I start pacing. And I start pacing. And I'm having, I have all these dimes in my hand. And my friend was like called the haze perennial. He loved weed, but also he was a pacer. He would pace and he would pace and he would pace. And one time I caught him pacing and he turned to me and he was like, we're gonna transcend. We're transcending. And I was like, yeah, we're transcending. <laughs> so we transcended, right? So I, like, I'm standing out there and I'm like, uh, is this real? Like, what the fuck is happening? What's going on? What is happening, by the way? And I'm pacing and pacing and pacing. And then I remembered, like, I started asking myself, like, what can I do for you? What, what do you need from me? Is this really real? And then I remembered that I had been roller skating with his best friend. I had visited with his partner who was in town. I had a backyard hang with his family, and we ate lobster rolls for his birthday. And then I realized my friend was asking me to take him with me. And I took him with me for as long as I, I could, as long as I felt comfortable. And I remember asking myself, like, why do I get to have this experience? What does this mean? But then I stopped asking all those questions, and I just let myself feel the magic. Thank you. In terms of hauntings, this is my kind of ghost. Know someone with a great story? Tell them about Worth Repeating. Worth Repeating is now accepting submissions for December's live event, Taught. From the heart of the classroom to life's lessons we needed to learn, these stories are all about knowledge. Submit today by visiting tpr.org backslash WR. This program was made possible with support from the 8020 Foundation, striving to transform San Antonio by issuing grants to public charities that attract, grow, and retain San Antonio's future workforce. For this and more information, visit 8020foundation.com. Our next storyteller is Angie Gonzalez. Angie shares the story about the consequences of asking questions you might not want the answer to. I'm originally from Lakewood, California. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those places that if you know, you know. I mean, to the west, we have the Queen Mary, which is haunted 365 days out of the year. To the northeast, we have DeForest Park, also haunted year round. So we're kind of this interception of residual hauntings. It's so haunted, but yet no one talks about it. You won't see any social media trace of us. Just think about it. Last time you heard someone talk about something on social media, they went missing. <laughs> My first job as a teenager was with the city of Lakewood at the Lakewood Youth Center. The Lakewood Youth Center was haunted, and the ghosts there didn't discriminate. Obviously, it was at the youth center. So... It was so haunted to where we had to get an alarm system, a burglary alarm system that was all audio-based. It would record all these findings, you know, of the glasses just breaking 
and women screaming. It got so bad that every time the women would scream or the glass would break, the cops would come every single time just to find the glass not shattered. There's no indication of anybody, man or woman, screaming. It was like the proof was there, but it wasn't. It got so bad, the cops got so mad because we were kept on using their resources, right? So my boss figured, I'll take it into my hands. Well, his hands, not mine. And he hired the professionals. One night he called us all in and said, hey, you guys are gonna come in. Me already scared because yes, it's haunted, but am I gonna get paid for this? Mind you, I'm in, I'm in high school at this time still. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, everyone's coming in too. We are instructed to sit around this circular party table. As I'm sitting down, just chilling with my coworkers, I observe the professionals, the Orange County Paranormal Activity, walking throughout our facility. They had this rod-looking thing. It was kind of gimmicky, really, as well as this metal box-looking. It kind of looked like a silver boom box. So I saw them walking around and they finally sat down at our table. They also sat down with this black rectangle recorder and it looked so basic. So I didn't believe of anything. I was just going along with it because I had no choice. They instructed us to stay silent for 15 minutes. So we did. After the 15 minutes were up, they then instructed us to ask any question you like because this was like an EVP, white noise type of environment. Everyone was asking their questions. When it came to me, I asked, do y'all follow us home? I don't know why I would ask that. At the end of our session, the second phase was to play back this white noise. When it came to my question, everyone gasped. <gasps> I don't know why, because I was just thinking about what am I going to have for lunch the next day, pizza or a cookie the size of a plate. <laughs> but that's all that was on my mind. But they were saying that they heard that the ghost said, yes, we follow you home. But again, I was just so in my mind of what I'm going to have for lunch the next day. I go home. Everything's normal. And a few days happen, a few days go by, everything's good. One night, though, I couldn't go to bed. And I was hungry. So I figured, I'm just going to go ahead and heat up some pizza bagels. I get up from my bed. And I know it's the same thing as usual, that as soon as I open the door, it's the hallway, the living room, and the kitchen. So I open my bedroom door. And it's dark in the hallway, as expected. I'm walking through the hallway, and there's a creek, but that's normal. It's an old house. What isn't normal, though, is I don't hear my dad snoring, and that man can snore. He wakes up the whole neighborhood, and I don't hear my mom's reruns of Law and Order on, and she has to have the TV on to drown out my dad's snoring, but I don't think of anything of it. I just know I'm hungry, and I have one thing to do. So I continue to walk, and I open the free. I get to the kitchen, and I open the freezer. 
and I put the pizza bagels on my favorite glass dish, pop them in the microwave, and I watch the green countdown on the microwave go down from five, four, three, two. And I grab the handle because I know I cannot afford my dad to yell at me if this alarm goes off. So I pull the pizza bagels out, mission complete. I grab the glass dish, I turn back to go back to my room, and it drops. I look up and I scream, close your ears because it sounds just like this, just like, <gasps> nothing, nothing comes out. I'm staring at this figure I'm staring at this figure and it has a knife. And I, I swear to you, I know that this is going to be my last breath. It probably was my last breath, I felt. The world knows that I can't swim, including you guys now. So it was just like as if I was drowning. And I can't swim in the pool and I obviously can't swim on land now. It was the pressure that was in the front of me, in the back of me, on top of me, behind. It, it was just a pressure that I cannot scream. I was in shock. I immediately looked down and the glass wasn't shattered. But I swear I heard it shatter just like at the youth center. The glass was just fine. So I grab a knife anyways. I go through all of the drawers just to get a knife. I don't know what a kitchen knife can do but that's better than my fists in this situation. I grab a knife and I look back into the hallway and nothing's there. I run to my room and nothing is there. Mom, dad, I run into their room with the knife and I open the door just so slowly. I see my dad's mouth. It's open just like this, <laughs> but he's snoring that sweet sound of snoring, knowing that he's safe. My mom, she's still watching TV, asleep of course, but I do hear the dun-dun for a special victims unit, but I'm not the victim. <laughs> so that's reassuring. After that night, I haven't spoken about it. Little things have happened, and even recently, I wanted to question my own sanity. As soon, as recent as last week, I reached out to one of my coworkers that was there that night. And I was hoping that he would say that, no, I'm crazy. But not only does he remember, it was on Facebook Messenger that he told me that he still thinks about it to this day. And it's weird because he's also from Lakewood and he moved out to Texas. The reassuring thing is that he is now a minister. So the moral of the story is, if you ever get haunted, make sure that you become friends with a minister. <laughs> Thank you. Not the pizza bagels. Worth repeating is more than a live event and podcast. Now it's a book. Trinity University Press and TPR are proud to present Worth Repeating San Antonio Stories featuring 40 true narratives. Pick one up at the next live event on November 14th. Your support funds programs like these. This program was made possible by the City of San Antonio Department of Arts and Culture, striving to enrich the quality of life of San Antonio residents and visitors by creating art programming and helping people experience art. 
For this and more information, visit GetCreativeSanAntonio.com. Our last storyteller is Becky Garcia. Becky shares a story about the challenges of renting in L.A. Hello. So about seven years ago, I was living in Los Angeles in this really old apartment from the 20s. It was a really cold apartment because I was on the top floor in the center right by the old elevator shaft that it had worked in like maybe 50 years. It was just me and my tiny little eight-pound rat terrier dog. For years, it was just the two of us. And, uh, you know, even though it was kind of a creepy place, I always felt pretty safe overall. You know, didn't really worry about much, except for one day when I did. I got home one day from work, and I found all of my dog's toys just scattered all over the apartment, as well as all of my clothes uh, that were in the hamper. All of that was also spread out throughout my apartment. And I dismissed it because I thought maybe it was an earthquake, and I just didn't feel it. I mean, I've been there for a while. Like, it's pretty common. Uh, Then it happened a few days after that. And I thought, well, maybe the apartment is shifting. This is an old place. It could be that. And then it happens again and again and again. And I think maybe my dog's just pissed at me. You know, Maybe he's going through like a rebellious phase because I'm not home all the time. But then I think maybe I just have a ghost. And if they can keep you know, their space and I can have my space and we just don't you know, bump heads, I think we'll be OK. So I live with this ghost, or at least I'm going to say it's a ghost, because other things start happening on top of that. Like, A couple times I was in my bed and I felt the weight of someone else in the bed with me. I'd feel like a hand resting on my hip or on my shoulder. Another time too, I felt uh, like an entire body just roll over next to me. And it wasn't my dog because he's on the other side of the room. So it wasn't that guy. So I'd feel things like that. It's just super, super creepy all the time. And then I even heard my name called a few times. Like It wasn't like someone shouted my name or whispered my name. It was, it was a real casual way to say my name. Just Becky, Becky. I'd hear that every now and then. And I just, yeah, I just accepted, OK, it's a ghost. You know, It's like, it's somebody who lives here. So that's why it's casual. It just seems normal. But also, it's like, you know what? I could deal with the roommate ghost. You know, if they did nice things, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be OK. Like if I came home and like the laundry was done or the dishes were done. <laughs> I'd be like, absolutely, stay as long as you like, you know, haunt me all night, I don't care. But these things do happen for a while, and then uh, coincidentally, I had to go on a trip. So I go away for a while, and I think, well, let's see if this thing follows me. And I go on a trip. I'm away for 10 days, and everything's peaceful. Everything's cool, everything's normal. I get back home, I put my bags down, get my dog settled in. I look around my apartment. Everything seems normal except, oh, what's this? I had a crucifix mounted at the top of my door for years. When I got home from that trip, that crucifix was upright on my bedside table. That is creepy, but at least it wasn't upside down. You know, it could have been a lot scarier. (laughs) So this happens and I call the building supervisor. He's like a 22 year old stoner. I'm like, hey man, like I think something's up in my apartment. He's like, what's going on? I was like, well, first off, like hopefully you guys just like, did you come in my apartment and like do anything for maintenance? He's like, no girl, we haven't touched it. I was like, okay. What's going on? I was like, well, I think I got a ghost. He's like, oh, word. Yeah, you probably do. Uh, he's like, oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, like three people died in the uh, like apartment, right? Like maybe like in the last couple of months, like three different people died this past summer. I'm like, I didn't know that. Click, scream. 
but you know, uh, I, I just, I, I couldn't move, and you know, I just, I'm stuck in that place. I don't make a lot of money. Like, I just like people are like, why don't she? Why doesn't she just go? Like, like that's the, the moment. If this was a movie, you're like, just leave. Like, there's a ghost, and you're being haunted. But you guys don't know how expensive it is to find an apartment in Los Angeles under eleven hundred dollars. So I had to stay there. Like, I'd literally rather die than have to lose my security deposit. <laughs> so I'm forced to stay there. So yeah, that happens. And I'm like, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i stuck here. I'm sorry, little dude, we're stuck here. And then one day I'm watching TV. It's just me and my dog, as usual, watching TV. And then out of nowhere, my dog yelps in a way he's never done before or since. It was so scary. He just like threw himself on the ground and writhed around in pain for a few seconds. I picked him up, I inspected him, and I don't know what went wrong because like, he looked fine. It doesn't, doesn't look like anything happened to him and he just got over it. But I wasn't over it because at this point I said, you know what, if there's a ghost and you mess with me, that sucks for me. You mess with my dog, this is gonna suck for you. I'm like, By the <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, dog, uh, yeah. We all love our doggies so much. So I was like, you know what, you know, uh, by the time I'm done with you, you're gonna wish you were dead, er. So. So uh, I just start like Googling every single like ritual like that's out there for ghost busting. I do all that stuff. I even go to church. My mom loves it. I actually went to church for this. And I like grabbed the pastor by the stole and I was like, you gotta help me. There's a demon in my home. I mean, that's how I played out in my head, but it wasn't that dramatic. It was like sheepishly like, excuse me, can you please bless my dog? <laughs> and he did. He's like, of course my child, or whatever, whatever this is. Uh, <laughs> And I just turn on my dog like, surprise, bitch, you're both we're both Catholic now, sorry. <laughs> so uh, we both have to deal with guilt, it's wonderful. <laughs> so I, I do all the things, I smudge, I pray. I do this thing that this Haitian buddy told me of mine where like you sweep from like the walls into one big pile and then you just like brush it all out, like uh, sweep it all out of your uh, door and just like, that's whenever you cast the spirit out. You're like, you tell them you gotta get out of here, go away. And I'm like, are you also just trying to get me to clean my dirty ass apartment? <laughs> it's very specific, these rules. But uh, I do it, like I do all these things. And I'm like, you can't touch me and my son ever again. Get out of my apartment, be gone. And I guess it works because like, I don't hear anything for weeks and then weeks become months. And I'm like, everything's peaceful, everything's great. I love it, it's cool, it's normal again. Or, uh, I don't know, maybe it wasn't, because um, I go out to meet a friend of mine who's a cop. Um, he actually was a Tinder date initially when I first met him, and then I was like, oh, you're a cop, never mind. Because <laughs> uh, the one thing I don't like, you know, more than ghosts is law enforcement, so. I mean, you can't keep handcuffs in your house for, like, not fun reasons. That's, I just don't feel safe. So, uh, I'm out with my cop buddy friend and I tell him the whole thing and he's like, wow, that's wild, Becky, man. I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. Um, but I kind of wish it was just a ghost that was haunting you and not this thing I'm about to tell you. I lean in and I'm like, what? He goes, it sounds weird, but like, are you missing any panties? I'm like, dude, you're so obsessed with me. Stop asking me, it's not gonna happen. Um, he's like, no, no, seriously, like, uh, I want you to like look through your panties, like your panty drawer and see if any are missing. I'm like, first off, I wear Hanes her way, like big ass briefs and like, like, a, like an economy pack. I'm like, I don't keep track of all those. It's difficult. So uh, he's like, okay, yeah. So go look through your panties when you can, but also like 
do you have any enemies, anybody with a key? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, okay, well, I don't want to scare you, but I think I'm about to. So there was a guy a while back that they arrested who was staking out the lives of women that lived alone. And when they weren't home, he would sneak in and he would manipulate things. He'd move things around so that whenever you came to or whenever you got home, you would think that either you were losing your mind or that you're being haunted. And as a little token, a little treat to himself, he would take a pair of your panties. So he's like, yeah, they're called panty bandits. So I don't want to say that it's exactly this guy, like specifically him, but it could be somebody like that. So I'll ask again, do you have any enemies or crazy ex-boyfriends, anybody with a key? I'm like, I do have crazy exes, absolutely. Uh, and enemies, yeah, a couple of those. But as far as like someone with a key, no, I don't know anybody with a key. He's like, are you sure? I was like, I mean, well, there's that building manager, but no, oh, he's not a creep. And he says, Becky, I'm a cop, and I'm going to tell you every man is a creep. <laughs> so in summation, I don't know if it was a ghost. I don't know if it was a pervert. I don't know if my dog's just freaking out or it's some like combination of all those things. But the one thing that's for certain is that being a woman is living its own never-ending nightmare. Thank you. <laughs> Either way, man or ghost, Becky was truly haunted. This program was made possible by Niche at Pearl. More than clothing, Niche at Pearl features jewelry, accessories, and crafting events. For this and more information, visit nicheatpearl.com. That's it for the Worth Repeating Podcast. Do us a favor and like, subscribe, or review us wherever you stream podcasts. Worth Repeating is back on November 14th, and the theme is Elevated. From higher knowledge to raised forms of consciousness, these stories are all about reaching new heights. Grab tickets and join us at the next live event by visiting tpr.org backslash WR. Support for Worth Repeating comes from the 8020 Foundation, the City of San Antonio Department of Arts and Culture, and Niche at Pearl. Worth Repeating is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Tori Poole. Thanks for listening.